Hello and welcome to another episode of the Jordan High 2004 podcast. I'm Gonzo. And this is Steve. How you doing, Steve? You know what? I'm doing pretty darn good. I'm happy. We've seen each other a lot this week. Uh, John and Amy Peru that live in, in St. George are were in town. Yesterday, um, they came over and we had dinner. We like grilled some burgers and my brother-in-law actually came over and... We did some chalk drawings in the on our driveway, so it was fun. I had it's been a while since I'd done chalk drawings. It was fun to get back into it and do it. You guys are always so super good at that. I love seeing what you guys come up with, and it's something that like all three of Bonnie's brothers are very artistic. Two of them are the ones that have I've been able to get to do chalk stuff with, and we've done festivals. And it's something that I feel like it's brought us closer together with my brother-in-laws because we've we've done these festivals together. And before you showed up, it was just my my brother-in-law and and his family were over. And we had a really good talk, like me and my brother-in-law, Andy. It's one of those things that he listens to the podcast. He, you know, we were talking, we're talking about our families. We're talking about like counseling. I know that. I, I, and I got to thank you for doing this, Steve, but you were super open to say like, Hey, my wife and I go to couples counseling. We go like every other week or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's really helping our relationship and you uh, sharing that with me and being open. it, It made it easier for us, for Bonnie and I to say like, you know what? We're not actually like we, we weren't having huge problems or anything. But we weren't communicating well, and especially we weren't resolving conflict well. So it's like, you know, we were having this argument, and it was just like we're going around in circles. And Bonnie was like, "We maybe we need to go to counseling." And I was like, "You know what? Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's make an appointment. Let's go." Because we're just not resolving these things. And through couples counseling, I think we found the tools to understand each other better, understand how I react to conflict different than Bonnie does and how she reacts to conflict. So so how we need to communicate, how we need to avoid those things that will make us overloaded or make us feel overwhelmed and how we can acknowledge each other, make, make each other feel validated in our points and be able to resolve conflicts, arguments well. And... I mean, I got to thank you for that. But then I've kind of like, I've been preaching it too. It's like, you know, I talked to, and I was talking to my brother-in-law about that yesterday. It's just like, it's been a great benefit to us. And it's like, I I think everyone should do it, you know? It's, so we had, we had a good talk. We were, we were talking. I feel like the podcast has helped because it's, if someone wants to have like a, a real talk with me, it's like, they know that I'll, I'll be open to it. And it's, it's been really nice because I feel like more people that have listened, they're like, Hey, it's like, Oh, I didn't know about your immigration stuff. It's like, you want to talk about it? I'm like, yeah. Or I ask them, do you have any questions or do you want to know something? And it's led to better conversations. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad that it was really helpful. I think you say, you say thank you to me, but I say probably have to say thank you to Natalie. Like she was all about it. Like kind of in the same boat when we started, it was like, we, we would argue, but, like, things were fine. Yeah. But I just feel like our, our relationship didn't feel as fulfilling as it could. And so I think that marriage counseling has been super helpful, and I would encourage anybody. I would encourage anybody to just try it. I mean, I think it's good that we're in, like, kind of a day and age where it's becoming a little less taboo. I think that mental health and personal therapy and things like that are a lot more on the forefront of our minds and I don't see any reason why I wouldn't want my marriage to be like as good as possible. Like my wife is yeah. awesome yeah. and I want to, like you said, I think you worded it really well. Like you've learned these tools to help make your marriage better. And I think that I would want every tool, you know, every arrow I can get in my quiver to try and make our relationship better because I love my wife. And I think I probably should talk more about how much I love her on the show. Cause she's like super awesome, but uh, I'm glad that, I'm glad that it's been helpful for you. and I'm glad I love you. your wife, too. I love you, Natalie. Love you, Natalie. <laughs> um, but uh, we'll have to post a picture because, yeah, I came over at the end when you guys were kind of finishing up. Like, the picture is awesome. Like, ducktails, 
really cool. So we'll make sure to, to post it so everybody can see how talented you guys really are. And I love when the Peru's are in town. I love to see them. And I even joked and said maybe we need to sooner than later do a part three episode <laughs> with them. Why not? Yeah, it was fun. I love those guys. It was really good to see them. And it was good they came over. And, and you guys came over uh, later in the evening. And we were sitting out in the front yard chatting for a while. And it was fun letting the kids uh, go wild. Yeah, opening that door, letting all the all the cold air out. <laughs> I know it was getting so crazy. I was like, "You guys, in or out, <laughs> please stop opening the door." <laughs> they were playing this fun game of like just ringing the doorbell a hundred times. <laughs> Kids. But today we have uh, Ryan Borkmeyer. Uh, he reached out to us, sent us an email. He's like, "Hey, I love this thing. I want to be on it." And we weren't. It, he's one of the people that we weren't friends with. Uh, but I'm super excited to find out, and I, I'm almost more curious because I don't know him. It's like, mm-hmm. how did he see himself? How does he see himself now? I felt the exact same way. I'm really looking forward to it because I look forward to the episodes with people that I don't have a lot of memories with because then th- that forces me to just listen. Yeah. Like, I have to listen to learn because I don't have memories going off in my mind oh you said this so i'm gonna bring up this memory it's just oh i get to listen to him and and find out how he saw himself where he is now and i think it's gonna be great i'm really looking forward to it me too so here's a conversation with ryan how you doing ryan good guys how are you doing very good we're happy to talk to you yeah, right we've been, I've been following on Instagram the updates on with you and the baby, and even when you emailed us originally, you were like, "We're having a baby sometime around this time." You know, it's supposed to be yeah, a little bit after, so it's, hopefully it's okay. But so we're yeah, we're happy you're home and baby's doing good and mom's doing good. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, wife wife didn't want to be pregnant any longer apparently, so she decided to go a month early. So uh, it's been kind of chaotic. He wasn't due till the 25th and he came here on the 30th. So got home, got home this morning. Uh, we're, we're happy to be home and have our family back and and enjoy time with our toddler and our, our week old baby. Holy cow. That's awesome. Crazy. Can you give us like an update of where you're living? How many kids you have? Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I live in the town called Puyallup, Washington, which is, kind of wish I would have just wrote it out for you and forced you to say it because <laughs> nobody says it right. And it's really funny, but, uh, about a, about an hour South of Seattle, we've been living here since 2018, had our first child in 2019. So he just barely turned two last, well, last month. And then, uh, yeah, number two just came last week. So we'd have two little boys, Bodie and, and Mac. Oh, congrats. That's awesome. Congrats. That's great. Thanks. Yeah. We're, we're pretty excited about it for sure. A month early is pretty crazy. Yeah, we kind of had a feeling. So Bodhi came 10 days early, so we kind of assumed we were going to go early again. Wife's pretty small, so her body definitely struggles in the last trimester. She starts running out of room, and she just kept saying, she's like, gosh. I mean, even even like late second trimester, she's like, I feel like he's going to fall out of me because he was sitting so low. And I, you know, kept telling her not to let that happen. Um, but we, we had, we had some, like a week 27, she had a night where she was contracting all night and we probably should have gone to the hospital and didn't. And at our next appointment, we told the doctor and he's like, yeah, you should have gone to the hospital. Please, please do that from now on if that happens. So we just kind of had all these signs that it was going to probably come a little early, but woke up last Sunday, had in-laws in town. We're going to go have a fun day, maybe go to Mount Rainier or something. And, and my wife's sitting in bed and she goes, my water just broke. Oh, dang. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this day just turned a lot different than what we had expected. So yeah. And she got a baby six hours later. So that was luckily that the, the in-laws were in town because they could kind of yeah. watch the toddler. Well, we had, we had planned that. So they had come in town Friday night. Uh, my mother-in-law is staying here for the month, kind of anticipating that to help with the toddler and help with the transition as we bring, bring baby two home. So it, it was all planned, but the timing of them getting here a day and a half before that was pretty incredible. And the weekend before we were actually out at the beach on the, on the coast of Washington. So uh, <laughs> that would have been a lot more interesting had we had yeah. to make that haul <laughs> yeah. the morning of. You were born on the yeah. beach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the grossest beach I've ever been to in my life. Too. It, would have been nasty. it was like a crab graveyard. It was just all these massive crabs and, 
the seagulls were just going to town. It was it was crazy, and the water was dark brown. I can Ocean Shores, it. Washington, is a really cool town. Don't recommend swimming. Not a good beach. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool, Brian. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about how you saw yourself in high school. Yeah, so the, this is interesting. I, I think this question is fascinating to listen to everybody that's come before me and kind of talk about it. It's really hard to evaluate what you thought you were at the time in high school versus really what was happening, I think, in high school. And it's hard to look back on your life and see past like your mid-20s at this point, because typically that's when you have these major life events where you might have this horrible breakup or you might start having kids, whatever. So it was cool to have this podcast kind of make me go back further and see maybe what early on created who I am today. And I I started realizing, you know, I was aggressively competitive, I would say, to a, to a fault. I, I think I wasn't the type of person that was competitive and, and embraced the competition. But the second the competition was over, I could be like, hey, man, that was a great rep. Let's, yeah. let's do that again tomorrow. It was uh, I, I needed to be viewed as the better, the better athlete, the better uh, academic, whatever it was, I wanted to be viewed that way. And I was toxic in my competitiveness because of that. And I didn't always uh, empower my challengers. I didn't want to see them succeed. I wanted to see me succeed over them. And so uh, I think that that caused me to be somebody that I'm, I'm, I wish I could go back and change. Honestly, I, I think I've learned a much more healthy version of that today. And then do you know what uh, caused you to have that desire to just like pound your competition and just like remove all hope like what caused that i just think i wanted to be good like i just wanted to have that reputation i it wasn't like a popularity thing i just i wanted people to respect me for how well-rounded i was or how athletic i was and the fact that i got good grades like i just wanted that and i grades i never really cared to be the best because i didn't really work hard on my grades if i'm being honest high school was just kind of easy to me and I just got good grades because I showed up to class and I, for the most part, did my work because my mom made me. But <laughs> whatever that online program, I don't remember what they called it when we were in high school, but that was the best thing that ever happened to me because my mom, hey, your assignment's due tomorrow. You better get that done. So, yeah, but <laughs> I don't know what much. really drove it. I just, uh, we we had so many awesome people that we went to school with and like basketball, golf, tennis, whatever it was, I was playing with amazing people who I still respect tremendously today and I don't know what it was that made me not want to empower them for their success now for example when I walked away from the basketball team I mean I got I got cut but I really was okay with that I, I wasn't sure that I wanted to continue anyway I had no problem cheering them on and and being the biggest fan kind of like what Zach had said on his I, you know I was all about cheering on our classmates and watching them succeed so it was just when I was in the moment and having to compete against them you know, for whatever reason, I, I don't know what caused it. Interesting. So my core group of friends was a year older than us, but I didn't have a, a single class with any of them ever. I don't even think I had a lunch hour with them. So I didn't hang out with them during school at all. So it was kind of interesting. I realized from our class, I mean, I had good friends. I mean, people probably associate me with BJ Piles the most. We were pretty tight in high school, but I kind of felt like a tourist in high school similar to what some of the other people had said, you know, I just kind of wandered from group to group and being non LDS kind of was a chameleon to the groups that I was with. If I was with some of my LDS friends, I was definitely a little bit more clean and a little bit more tight lipped, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but when I would go hang out with people that weren't LDS, you know, the, the curse words would come out and, and do any partying or anything, but I was perfectly fine being there. And I just felt like, yeah, Trevelyan is probably the best way to describe it. I just didn't have a true identity of who I was because of that touristy approach to my friendships. But I had a lot of really good friends because of it. So were you spending most of your time with that the people from the grade above us? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and and still to this day, they're they're two of you know two of the four are best friends. They were in my line. Uh, one of them is my best man. His children are my godchildren. Uh, we're, we're still very close. When they went to college, so senior year, uh, obviously that wasn't an option. Most of them had either gone on a mission or, or gone up to Logan. <clears throat> so I wasn't really hanging out with them at that point. But yeah, it was weekends were typically spent with them. Weekdays were typically spent with someone our age. 
for the most part. Usually BJ, Jordan Johnson, kind of that group. Yeah. And I love both of those guys dearly. Was it hard being non-LDS and, and going to high school in, in Utah? I think my, my perspective, having two older sisters, it's easier for guys to do it than it is for girls. I, I think guys don't really care. They're just really accepting and, and kind of do it. Where I watched my sisters really have a hard time making friends through it. Maybe that's just how I saw it. I didn't have a hard time, but I also didn't have a hard time kind of being that chameleon and, and changing certain aspects of who I was to, to make that happen. And I didn't hate the person that I was in those moments either. So it wasn't like I felt like I was being fake. I was just withholding certain things that I maybe knew I shouldn't have been doing yeah. at the time, like curse, cursing as a teenager. Yeah, it, it wasn't difficult other than I think it did create just that complex. Who am I? Because I know I have to be a certain way with this group and I can be a little bit more relaxed with this group. I was always kind of who I, you know, my, my core self was always there, but I, I didn't always resemble the same person between each group. So that, that made it difficult. I think there was a lot of soul searching coming after it, whether I knew it was happening or not, as I kind of transitioned into college life and post-grad. So you were competitive to a fault, right? You were saying it's, it, it was something that it, it started hurting you. And I think so. You were pretty friendly and had lots of friends around, but you felt like maybe you weren't always exactly yourself or you were you were changing a little bit of who you were to kind of fit into those groups. Is anything else that you can say to describe yourself as a kid? Uh, yeah, I think it's easy to think better of yourself as in high school. You know, we all laugh and say, oh, we knew it all back then and you know, you get to this age and you're like, yeah, you didn't know anything. And when we turn 50, <laughs> we're going to realize at 35, we knew nothing. Right, right. And it's just uh-huh. going to be that revolving door. Yeah. I just think, you know, when I, when I thought about how I viewed myself back then, I, I thought pretty highly of myself. I knew I had flaws, but I thought overall I was a pretty genuine person. I was funny. You know, I thought I was outgoing. Uh, all of those things are probably somewhat true and probably overinflated in my head than what they truly were. <laughs> but, so, everybody, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we all, it's funny how many of us thought we were class clowns, which, I mean, we probably were doing an extent. I definitely was a, a huge smart ass back then. So that, that was some, certainly part of it. I'm, I'm sure uh, Miss Cummings would have liked me to keep my mouth shut a little bit more often than <laughs> I did, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> right. She had a fun personality, and I just really fed off of it. So, yeah, yeah. it's good to have teachers like that for a smartass. You got oh, to totally. have a class where you yeah. can let that out. You know? Oh, absolutely! And there were so many good ones. Like, and they're the ones that I think back to fondly. Miss Cummings and Eastmont had more of them, I think, with Mr. Thomas and Mr. Hunter for math class. Even Mr. Hell, you could kind of give it to from time to time, even though he was a little bit odd. But mm. yeah, it was it was good times. I mean, even Hutch was for the most part. You can mess with him a little bit. Just don't say suck in his math class. No, no, no. For me, no. it was Mr. No. Alsup, the ceramics teacher. He is, he's such a cut up and he could like, he could turn somebody's like smart alecky like comment and like make them feel like, <laughs> like a goofball and, uh, and make it hilarious. He was, I love Mr. Alsup. He's the best. <laughs> he was, he was good. I, I wish I remembered that class better than I did. We had a good group in that class. Um, I just remember and, him would be, he would be like, if someone said Jesus or God or something, he'd be like, no praying in my class. <laughs> <laughs> Do your own work. <laughs> God's not going to help that ceramic project <laughs> yeah, exactly. at all. <laughs> it's beyond repair. <laughs> He's hilarious. So that's yeah. how you saw yourself then. How uh, how have you changed? How do you see yourself now as an adult? I mean, I, I think some of those flaws I've definitely smoothed out a little bit. I, I'm far less competitive. I can play a board game and, and not get in a fight over it. Uh, although I don't really enjoy board games, so maybe that's part <laughs> of why I don't enjoy them. I, I really have focused on rather than being toxic towards people, uh, that are doing great things and that I might be insecure about their success versus mine in whatever way. I really try and empower people. I, I love seeing people succeed. You know, 
Steve being a dentist. I think that's amazing. Like had we been talking at the time, I would have definitely been cheering you on through your test as, as you kind of posted your journey. Uh, Gonzo, same with you. If, I mean, Hey, I didn't even know you weren't a legal citizen in high school. It's amazing how much we don't know about our classmates that we spent so much time around. Yeah. I, mean, I, had no I, idea. I had no idea. A couple of people have said that, but you know, I wasn't sharing it either, you know? So I didn't even really know. Yeah. And yeah, even the, our, my closest friends didn't know. Cause it, it did feel like a, a deep dark secret, you know, that I wasn't like talking about it because I, it felt so like a, this bad thing. So, I mean, yeah, I totally, as I've grown up, I felt, I feel a lot more comfortable talking about it. Um, well, and at the time, so many of us wouldn't have understood it. And yeah, the taboo that can be traced to it might have existed where, you know, today it's a totally different situation. I mean, I think we all understand that that process and, and what that can mean to somebody and that doesn't mean anything negative about you. Yeah, and I think for me, I mean, I don't want to make your, your episode about myself, but um, just really quick, I, I just... I think at, at some parents' house, I was treated one way, and then when they found out I was an immigrant, I was start I I was treated differently. Like it even mm-hmm. happened with uh, some girls I dated that their parents were super cool and like really nice, but then they're like Gonzo, that's a weird name. What's that? Where's that from? It's like oh, I'm actually an immigrant, and then just like they started treating me way different, like an icy shoulder. I'm like, Oh, what the heck? <laughs> you know? So it's, right. it, it does kind of make you feel weird about talking about it, you know? Right. Totally. Well, and that, I think that's what I've loved about some of the stuff that's gone on in the last year is it's made me realize how much people around me dealt with that. And I had no idea. Cause I mean, I had my small version of it being non LDS, but I mean, it was pretty minimal. For the most part, I mean, kind of the most I dealt with is maybe their parents wouldn't love that they wanted to date me or something if they were LDS. But I, I really didn't run into that very often. You know, it's just interesting to to look back and hear those stories and understand that I was so naive to all of it. But that was something you battled every single day. And that's just it's crazy. Those are the things that I, I love that I am now that I'm aware of that I I can empower and I can you know speak up for, for friends like you that are going through those challenges. I think it's just cool. I just like oh, what I've, do, I've been able to done there. And I just think both of your stories were really, really neat and really cool. What, what experiences have you had that have caused that change and you to kind of calm down a little bit and just be more, you know, easygoing instead of super competitive and, and want to cheer on other people. And- I, uh, a lot, I mean, uh, a lot, I think maturing is probably the, the number one thing realizing so much of what I was competitive about didn't matter. I wasn't making money doing it. It was just pride and ego and pride and ego were just silly things. But also I, you know, especially <clears throat> dating in mid twenties and going out with friends and competing over girls and realizing that you're belittling your, some of your best friends to try and get the girl over them. Like it just makes you realize how dumb that is and how insincere of a friend you are doing that. And I just didn't like being that person. So I realized why I shouldn't, if we're both interested, you know, what come, let, what may happen, happen, and just make sure that that girl knows she's getting a great guy either way she goes, because I can obviously speak well of my friend. Cause I mean, how does that make you look if you're hanging out together and you're like, Oh, that guy, look how short he is. I'm short. So I can say that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it it was just one of those things. I just realized that it just, it, it wasn't good. I didn't like having to justify things that I was saying anymore. And, or, or my actions, I, I wanted to feel good about who I was and how I represented myself and, and my relationships. Yeah, and the, that girl probably didn't like that. I was like, mm, I don't like how much he's putting his friend down. <laughs> right, I mean, how could she? If, if he's willing to put his best friend down, what's he going to say about me when I'm not around? You know, don't want to be one of those guys that like, oh, my wife, let me tell you. Oh, boy. Right. <laughs> no, I don't want right. to nobody, yeah. nobody wants to be that person, so... Yeah, I, I think it was just just good change and needed change. Which, by the way, I have some beef for dinner, and I will bring up something. Uh, an example of this is part of my beef. Oh, some, some beef teas for yes, us later in that. Have, so. Don't turn it off yet, everybody. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned for some beef and uh, for the minutes. dinner portion of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Yeah, it's not that big. <laughs> Well, do you have any, uh, do you have any advice that you would give to yourself back in high school? Yeah. I mean, try harder. 
first of all, uh, develop good habits, not only for your mind, but for your body, uh, you know, stretching matters, uh, exercising matters just because you're naturally fit and athletic at 17, 18 doesn't mean you're going to be at 26, 27, 28 and beyond 35. Yeah. I mean, even playing basketball, I mean, I, I was a captain leading stretches and I didn't take it seriously. So, I mean, just wish you could go back and do that. Uh, and then academically just creating good study habits. I mean, I was a terrible studier. I'm still not a great note taker. Um, which is funny because I present for a living as a salesperson. So it's like, <laughs> you know, I, I could have used a little bit better habits. I didn't transition any of that into college. I kind of floated through college as well. Didn't take that seriously because it just didn't take any of it seriously at the time. So uh, I, I wish I could go back and redo that and, and try and focus on a path that I actually wanted. Cause while I have a great job that I I'm good at, I, it's not something that I'm passionate about. It's just something that, I'm good at and it pays the bills well and there's opportunity there. And yeah, I would, I would rather be doing something that really inspired me, but I don't know what that is still today. And you know what? That's okay. Yeah, totally. You got, you got time to find your passion. Sometimes paying your bills is, it's just perfect, you know, and whatever you have a job that can, can grant you, you know, being able to support your family more power to right. you, right? There are fulfilling things to do in life that won't always make you money, but they're still just as valuable. I mean, Steve and I have talked about it, like spending time with kids or, you know, I like to I like to play tennis. I like to like do art. You know, I'm never going to make money playing tennis or doing art, uh, but it makes me feel good. So a, yeah, it I, doesn't always have to be your job. That's true. I think that's a great perspective too, is just having those hobbies that feed your passion and feed your inspiration for sure. What brought you up to Washington? Was it this job? No. Uh, so I work, I work for CR England. It's a large refrigerated trucking company based out of West Valley, but I, I'm a regional sales director. So I, I manage, uh, well, things have changed. So but now basically I can manage a company anywhere in the United States or Mexico, but I can work remote. So I've worked remote since we moved. I was working in the office before, my, my wife and I had always talked about getting out of Salt Lake. We think it's really important to live in other places, regardless of where you're from. We think you just need to experience different geography, different culture, all of it. We we actually would love to, to move out of Washington and try something new again, maybe once this kid's a little bit older. But uh, she got a job. We, we had been searching for a while, and it was we just needed something to pull. We were waiting for a pull. You know, we, we were focused on Washington because her parents had moved up here the year prior. So it would allow us to still have our family plan and start our family the next year, but also have some support around. So that that was kind of what we, we had come up here for. So she got a job working for a geriatric clinic as a health coach. So we moved up here for that. That's awesome. I, I yeah. love Washington. Like we, when I first became a dentist, we started up there up in Squim, up on the Olympic yeah. Peninsula and like. We loved it. I think Washington's a cool place and wherever, if you get drawn to another place, I agree 100% with you that getting out of Salt Lake, experiencing something new, like my kids are little, but just what you said, just experiencing something different than having a lot of people that are a lot like you. Like Washington was way different. Moving to Tennessee, totally different. Like I wouldn't trade those experiences for the world. Totally. I mean, the diversity that I'm experiencing here is just, it's it's completely opposite of Utah. I mean, it's just, it's a breath of fresh air to have people that from all over the world basically living here because, you know, being a port area, you definitely have that. You just, I mean, it's, it's really cool. And, and we've really valued that experience and just having a different perspective, seeing different politics and understanding that it doesn't matter which side of the fence you're on extreme politics are wacko regardless of the side. And, and I don't know, it's just been interesting to see that because, you know, where I might slant a little liberal in a lot of things, I can look at Seattle politics and tell you it's too liberal in a lot of ways and, and not you, agree with a lot of the things. You went from do. one extreme so, to the other, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just really interesting. And uh, I don't know. It, it, it makes me love talking politics that much more. I'm like you, Gonzo. It, it can be a fiery topic for sure because people get really impassioned about things they know very little about. Yeah. Uh, but it also can create some really great discussion and can can spawn some really, really thoughtful ideas too. So I, I enjoy that part of it as well. 
Well, you know, it's like as long as you're open because everyone has at least some perspective. A lot of people will just repeat a tagline that they heard either on CNN or Fox News. They're just like, hey, this is my tagline and boom, 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 because these are the talking points that I was fed. But every once in a while you'll hear it's like, no, 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 this is the reason why I think X, Y or Z. And those I love to hear that from people when and when it comes right. to politics, it's like, no, I believe because of the rule of law, because this and this and this, or, you know, it's like, well, but I actually believe those laws are BS because this and this and this. So it's, I, when, when you get that opportunity of someone that's not like they, they're not super heated and it's not their, like my religion that I hold close or like my favorite quarterback, it's like, <laughs> or it's like a, a LeBron versus Michael Jordan the, the debate type thing where people are just ready to go to blows um, when it is about like, no, my experience in life has shown me that this political issue is X. I actually love to hear that because I feel like I understanding more about the people and where they come from and why they believe the, the way that they believe. So I, I try to like have those kind of conversations whenever I can. Right. Yeah. Even even Robin talking about her husband being a police officer. I mean, I would fully expect her to to have the thought process that they have in regards to BLM and, and you know, the the fire towards the police force. I mean, they should feel that way. And, and I would expect them to have those exact feelings. Yeah, exactly. I was glad that she was able to talk about it a little bit and that we could have a conversation. I mean, it's I have a ton of thoughts about policing and you know, obviously didn't want to like take it over, but it's, I think it's a topic that's like, that's important. Is it really political or is it like, that it doesn't have to be. Or just part of a functioning society. Exactly. It's like, as a society, we need to figure out what do we want the responsibilities of the police and, you know, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more, or maybe just different responsibilities. But it's like, I like having those conversations. And as a society, I think we need to have them. We need to learn to open up and, and talk about things yeah agreed agreed cool so we'll I message each other we can start talking I'll have to cut all this stuff out <laughs> <laughs> that's fine I'm sorry I got us down a, a path there like God's heard politics and he's like oh, I know I it's, that, that stuff tickles my brain <laughs> uh, yeah I love it and I, I yeah it's just interesting and it gets you thinking like that that whole interview got me thinking too so I apologize and I listened to it this morning so that probably didn't help Oh, no, you're good. Thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> I, Always. You know, I, I'd love to hear, um, like you said, that you're, you're doing this for your job, but you're not passionate about that. What What are you passionate about? Yeah, that, that's, uh, my family, first and foremost. I mean, you know, we kind of talked about tennis. I still love watching the playoffs going on right now. I got my jazz hat on. You know, the, the, the stupid stuff that just kind of numbs my brain for a little bit and gets me out of work land. I just... I just love coming out of my room, out of my office and seeing my boy and getting that big, like run up and hug, you know, there's nothing better than that. I love being married to my wife and having that uh, just partnership with her and best friendship. You know, we don't know a lot of people up here, so it's, it's us. Uh, her parents don't live here anymore. They, they live in Idaho. So it's just, we're really just all in on each other, but travel, travel is something that is probably outside of my little home nest you know, we, we went to Hawaii for our baby moon both times. Actually, we've been to Thailand, Jamaica, Paris, Amsterdam. You know, we, uh, if I could see the whole world, I, I certainly would. Uh, That's cool. I don't, That's awesome. I don't second guess any sort of travel budgets whatsoever. We, we kind of just have this like nest egg put away and this is our travel budget. We put X amount of money into it all the, you know, every paycheck it's, it's priority to us. So and we want our kids to see the world. I, I didn't go on an airplane until I was 19 kind of disgusting when i think about it now and and it was just to california which i've driven to a billion times too so yeah yeah, it's i i I want to experience culture and food and this amazing planet that we live on and all the geography that we just are lucky to get to see you'd be a good partner to go uh, on amazing race with (laughs) that's ever no I wouldn't be. No, no, I no. I, I like to travel, but I, I, I'm me and my wife are perfect for each other. We we sleep in. We'll go out and do some stuff. Well, we don't sleep in as much as we have kids. 
but we'll go out and do some stuff and then we'll come back around noon, take a nap for, you know, one to two hours and then we'll go back out and then we're back in our room by like eight, eight thirty, and we just crash. We are the laziest travelers. We still get out and do stuff. We typically just take longer trips, but we are lazy. People hate traveling with us because you know, they, they want to be like 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. Go, 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 go. Yeah. Not, not us at that's, all. That's nice because you can like – sometimes you go on vacation and you come back. You're like, I'm so tired from it, you know? But mm-hmm. it's nice to be like, no. I went on, vita- on vacation and watched a whole bunch of Netflix shows. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's true. I mean, when you go places like Maui, sometimes that's, I mean, everything closes at like eight. So you don't really have a lot to do other than just, we usually get this hotel that's right on the, right above the water. I mean, it's like 30 feet from the edge of the water. And so we'll just go sit out on our balcony and just listen to the ocean or we'll open the door and just listen to it while we lay in bed. And it's just awesome. That's it's nice. just, it is awesome. That's vacation to me is I should come back rested other than jet lag. I'll accept jet lag as, as punishment. Yeah. So yeah. if you only you first flew on an airplane when you were nineteen, like what sparked that travel bug in you? What made you think I'm gonna start traveling a bunch? I, I had it, um, but when I started dating my wife, she had just come back from living in China for six months doing that program where they go and teach English to elementary children. So she had it and we just started booking trips. We went to Jamaica and we we're like, Oh, this is really cool. So then we just always had that next trip in mind. We went to New York like five months later and it just became a priority. And I'd seen all these other people, you know, I don't know if you guys know Courtney Oldroyd, who's a year below us. Uh, she was a, she's a flight attendant. And so she travels the world all the time. And I would see her posting pictures in Egypt and just everywhere in the world. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that. Or seeing all of you guys that went on these cool missions and got to go to Peru or Venezuela or wherever. Illinois. Washington, D.C. (laughs) (laughs) Boise, whatever. (laughs) Boise's a cool town. Don't knock. That's funny. I think that's awesome that you just, I love that you make it a priority. Like you have a budget, you just put money into it. We're going on a trip and you enjoy it and you do it often. And I love that you want to bring your kids with you to do that as well. Because I think a lot of people don't get that experience. Yeah. I'm like Aladdin. I want to show them the world, you know? That's sweet. Yeah. All right, Ryan. I think, uh, I think we've held the, the listeners enough. I think it's time to, uh, to get into that juicy beef. <laughs> All right. All right. I got two beefs that I want to air out. They're both apologies. One of them's not a direct apology needed, but it's something I still think about from time to time. And I, I wish as a captain of the basketball team, I would have, I thought about it in the moment, and I remember that, and I think that's why I bite myself so hard. So so regarding Zach Hewlett, there was a a pretty tough practice. Our coach was pretty tough on us, and we were running suicides, and Zach didn't finish his suicide in time. You know, he hadn't developed those fast twitch muscles, like he said. Sorry, sorry, Zach, I love you. Our coach just kept making him run and run and run, and he, he was racing him and saying, you have to beat me or you have to keep running. And I regret not going out there and running with him and encouraging him and kind of looking back at that same thing, just the empowering him and, and supporting him in that way. I think the whole team should have just kept running with him. I just think that would have been a cool bonding experience for that team. And I wish I would have been someone that started that. Uh, so sorry, Zach, I, I regret not doing that for you. I, I'm sorry. He actually quit the team for the night that day because of how awful it was. It, it was, it was a pretty awful experience yeah. even for me watching. So, well, um, I know Zach listens, so I'm sure he heard it. I know he's he's gonna hear this. I know it, yeah. and I yeah, it's just it's a silly thing, I'm sure, and he probably doesn't even remember it, but I do, and it's something that I still think about from time to time. So I'm sorry, Zach. Uh, the other one, this this goes back to toxic competitiveness. For whatever reason, Nick Raymond and I, I think, just had I think because we were so similar in so many ways athletically, and he was just a beast of an athlete and. Not to mention he's just an amazing person. Uh, and watching him raise his kids is really fun, too. He posts the funniest videos. He pranks his kids all the time. <laughs> but I remember I was talking to somebody. I don't remember who I was talking to, but I I was disparaging Nick. I mean, I was just saying things that I was saying. I don't remember what I said, but I, I said things that I, I couldn't even justify. I don't know why I said it. They weren't awful. I was saying simple things like oh he thinks he's cooler than he is stuff just dumb stuff things that didn't matter i remember he 
he confronted me in the halls, but I had no idea what he was talking about, but he called me a two-face. And quite frankly, he was right as I realized it down the road that that's what the correlation was because I remembered that confrontation. And he was right. I was a two-face and it was because of my insecurities. And I hate that I did that to him because Nick was a good, good person and is a good, good person. And I just shouldn't have done that. And that's that's an example of what I regret being in high school and why I needed to change and, and start empowering my friends and and even acquaintances. Thanks, There's Ryan. Some... Uh, I think I know Zach listens and I, I'm pretty sure Nick listens too. So maybe we'll hear maybe. back from these guys. Oh, we got we got one message from, from <laughs> yeah. once upon a time. <laughs> so And then my my final beef. All right. Gonzo. Oh shoot! Dang it. Okay, what what did I do? <laughs> of, of, of all the talents in the world, you had to fit into a dryer and just make it impossible for anybody else to win. Because <laughs> I slayed you guys in the beard growing contest. It was oh, the yeah. only thing I won. Yeah, I had like two two whiskers there. <laughs> My face was like a baby's, but I had nothing. I was so embarrassed growing a beard because I'd never done it before that the week of, I actually trimmed it down to a little chin curtain, which looked way worse. I don't know why I thought that was an improvement. It was kind of cool at the time, I guess. But I remember I was like, I had all of this all the way, but I could, I just couldn't do it anymore, guys. I just couldn't do it. And they're like, oh, okay. So I thought I thought I blew it because I, I just couldn't do it anymore. Oh. Uh, but yeah, that I don't think people realize how much preparation that assembly took. <laughs> We, we rehearsed a lot, and somehow I ended up with a broom in my hand, which was weird. <laughs> yeah, it was. That was a fun assembly, though. Yeah. yeah. And 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 I'm mad that Miss Earl wouldn't let me say because my talent was ten pickup lines, David Letterman style, and she said I couldn't say if you were a booger, I'd pick you first because it was inappropriate, which I think is just still ridiculous that an 18 year old man can't say. Was Miss Earl the kind of cute? vice principal lady she was the calligraphy teacher she was like the break dancer yeah she's like she was she was cool she was she was one of the good teachers like all right because well, there, there was many, but... but there was like a maybe like a vice principal that started that year that was doing question and answer stuff and i remember one of them someone asked me it's like if you were someone in the like a faculty who would you be and i said her because she has a very nice figure it was her <laughs> it was her because i couldn't say like i remember it's like you cannot say but or you can't say like <laughs> anything so it was like because she has a very nice figure <laughs> <laughs> i remember that that was her Apparently all body components. See, yeah. I think it's funny that they told me I couldn't say booger, but they let me say if you have braces, I have braces, let's hook up. Like, I think that's way more innuendo than yeah. a booger. I got in big yeah. trouble because I said, did you fart? Because you blew me away. <laughs> and I, I had to change it for the second assembly because I got in big trouble for that. That's so So funny. stupid. That's funny. Yeah. Good times, guys. Miss <laughs> Earl, if you listen... Um, special episode. Come on. <laughs> yeah, right. I like how much we're all attacking the faculty. That's pretty fun. I know. Coach McConnell. Why were you doing I, I, raising Zach? He's just a kid. You know, take it down a notch. It's only high that school That wasn't basketball. McConnell. That was mismatch. But oh, okay. I think we all have beef with McConnell. That, so. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I was going to say, do you have anything that you want to, anything to promote, like a business or side hustle or anything like that? or? Uh, not not me personally. Uh, I'll rep my friend's brand that I think is just hilarious and awesome. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of Saltair FC out there in Great Land of Salt Lake. Last year during the pandemic, my buddy Andy started creating a, a fake soccer club called Saltair FC. He's got some cool stuff on his website. I wear way too much of it personally, but it, it's really fun. Uh, me and Bean Mace are both pretty big fans of that uh it's, it's just a lot of fun it's a pretty funny joke it was a practical joke that turned into a pretty fun little project for my buddies so, so can you buy t-shirts and stuff from it yeah t-shirts sweatshirts hats you know you're obviously supporting a fake soccer club but even nick Romando and uh dunny have both worn his stuff on tv interviews and stuff too so it's pretty cool <laughs> no that's, awesome. that's cool yeah okay. but nothing personally i just work for a large trucking company i got nothing there you go <laughs> I appreciate you reaching out. I love the back and forth and like seeing your interactions with people. 
I thought it was really funny how you and Bryson kept going back and forth at each other. Like, well, when are you going to be on? And it's fun that it it finally worked out. And I'm glad that you made it work even with just barely getting home with your baby today. I've been excited. My wife's been excited too. She's like, your podcast is next week. <laughs> yep, it is, guys. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I'm glad. And I'm really happy to see like how much you've grown like, and all the stuff that you've shared. It's It's been really cool to see like, Hey, I figured out stuff about myself that I wanted to change, you know, because X, Y, or Z, I, I didn't like it. And you've made those strides, those efforts. And, you know, love seeing you. You're a great guy and a family man. And it's good talking to you. Yeah, right back at you guys. It's it's great catching up with you. We, we weren't close enough in high school. I wish yeah. we could change that, too. Maybe I would go back and change that part, too, because, I, I man, you guys were awesome. If we're in Washington... <clears throat> Uh, I'll hit you up, up and please we go do. dinner. Yeah, please do. I would love that. Or next time you guys are, if you're ever through Salt Lake, come on out and we'll grill a burger or something. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I would love that. Honestly, sure. great. Both times I'll be up there. My dad lives up in Federal Way, so I, I gotta head up to Washington pretty soon here and just go visit him. Yeah, so, let me know. Let's grab dinner. Yeah, it'd be great. I can do that. Cool. Thank you for taking the time and uh, good luck with with new baby and hope everybody's feeling okay. Appreciate it, guys. Thank yeah. you so much. Thanks, Thanks for having so me. Yeah. Have a good night. Yeah. Good night, Ryan. See ya. Bye. Well, Gonzo, we just finished up with Ryan. What are your thoughts? What? <laughs> <laughs> Dang. I've got, I've got some thoughts. His toxic competitiveness was something that kind of hit me. I felt like, for me, it wasn't... I'm very competitive. Board games party games or whatever um my wife's cousin brady is super competitive too and her and i will just like get we'll be very competitive i i don't get upset anymore but i was kind of like there was a time that i was getting upset i i remember the time where i was like missing some tennis shots like hitting shots and missing them and just feeling like a surge of anger in my body and after a minute, I'm like, what the heck am I doing? It's like, I'm just playing tennis with Gus. It's like, it is not something to be so upset over. And I started just trying to work on it when I've like, in tennis specifically, I'd miss a shot or I hit a bad shot, I'd take a deep breath and just move on. Now I feel like I still am competitive. I love to win. Ryan and I really, I got what he was saying, where he's saying like, it it was starting to be something hurtful for him. And that's how, that's exactly how I felt. It's like, this isn't good. This isn't good for me. And I, I remember like I was taking, I took a girl that I was dating out and she's like, you're very intense when you're playing tennis. And it's like, that's a little like scary. Cause you're like maybe throwing your racket or you were doing some, some dumb. And it's like, yeah, you should, you're right. It's like, I need to, I need to calm down. You're like the substitute teacher on key and peel or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's like, that was, that was it, and then just he he looked like a happy dude when he especially when he's talking about his family, but when he's talking about who he was and and how he's changed, he seems like really happy with his life, he's happy with his babies and his wife like I think his, he was saying his wife totally like brought him up to like this love of travel I don't know it, it was great it was a great conversation. I loved it. I'm super glad he reached out because just like he said. You know, uh, apart from that assembly that we were at together, I have like no memories. Like we know, I knew, I knew who he was, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. I think that I think the same. I wasn't close with him, but I love that he reached out. I think you nailed it. I think the competitiveness that made me think of like you know when you go bowling, yeah, and like how we just went bowling the other day, yeah, and you throw this ball and you think you're gonna get a strike and you knock down nine pins. <laughs> yeah. Dang it! Like, what in that one? Like, instead of being like, "Nice, I knocked over nine, you're like super pissed that you only got nine, and that one is still up. When you're talking about being super competitive, that's what I was thinking of. Like, I think of sports. He talked about wearing his jazz hat and like the jazz in the playoffs and doing well. And I decided like a few years ago that I'm gonna try my best to let sports make me happy, but not let them make me sad. Yeah, because it's like I don't care. Like, it doesn't affect me at all. If they win or lose. So, I don't know. I feel like that too. It's like, I want, I don't follow that many sports, but I'll, I'll follow the jazz and a little bit of the NBA. And yeah, it's just like, 
they're doing good, then I'm happy. They lost, well, who cares? It's whatever, I'm going to go <laughs> yeah. draw some chalk. I actually love the beef that Ryan brought up. Because I think it goes back to your point that like he seems like a happy person. He seems like he, at some point, recognized things that he wanted to change. Which he, he talked about it. And then he made those changes. But I... I appreciate that he brought up like, man, I wish I would have done this as yeah. the as the captain of the team, or like bringing up like I was saying this stuff about Nick and he was right and like I think it takes a lot of guts to just be like being willing to admit, yeah, and he was right, and I think that it would be you know it wasn't my experience um, growing up in Utah not LDS, but I think it would be just really a totally different experience, and I think he talked about how he was kind of a chameleon and was able to kind of fit in. He wasn't necessarily changing who he was, but he was being a version of himself depending on who he was with. He was also talking about building people up, that that was a change that he would. And I, I mean, you and I have talked about this before. I felt like you can put people down to make yourself feel better through middle school and maybe a little bit of high school. I would do that too. You can make fun of a person that can somehow build you up a little bit by tearing that person down but he's like he made the change too i want to promote people build people up like make them feel good and i i feel like i had a similar experience where i feel i realized that you know what if, if i'm nicer if i give people compliments it's actually it makes them feel good and it makes me feel good too so it's, i decided to to start to be nicer to try to be give people compliments, make them feel better, make them feel good. And I'm not perfect at it, but I, I tried to do that instead of tear people down. Yeah. I, I think there was a lot to learn from that episode. I'm glad he came on. I think my wife is going to listen and now she's going to want us to start traveling all the time. She's like, see, they do it. <laughs> uh, but I think it's cool. He seems happy and I, I really enjoyed his time on the show. Yeah. I loved it. If you'd like to be on the podcast, please send us an email, jordanhigh2004podcast at gmail.com. Spotify, Apple, and Google is where you can listen. And this has been another episode of the Jordan High 2004 podcast. We want to do that voice memo episode, so please send us some voice memos. I want to hear from Nick Raymond. What would you think about that beef tonight? And Zach, send us a quick voice memo with a, with a reply. What do you guys think? Well, you'll hear from us next time. Thanks. Bye.